Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. As we're worshiping and I'm hearing all the testimonies and the goodness of God, the Lord um, brought to my attention, you know, what what it was like in the garden, you know, the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve, they didn't know anything but the goodness of God. They were clothed in his glory. And they were told not to partake of one tree, and that was the tree of good and evil. They already knew what good was. They didn't understand what evil was. Until they partook of that tree. And brought that curse upon the earth. But see the good news of the gospel is Jesus. He came to take that curse away. To restore as it was in the garden. And as I was dwelling upon what... um, the Lord wanted me to share. He, he's been working on me and, and my words. And in my words, even my thought life. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes my mind can just go any old way. And it's like, you ever have the Holy Spirit? Like, hey, 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 what are you thinking about? Uh, something worthless. You know, and that, that I really believe that's a ploy of the enemy to keep you focused on what doesn't matter. In our life, what matters? The kingdom. Jesus. He is what matters. When I can keep my f- mind focused on him, things go so much better. He said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. And he, he says that when we're a new creation in Christ, he's made all things new. So that we don't have to walk in the old ways of the old man, but walk in the newness of who God is. Now, if that was an instant manifestation, we'd all just be marvelous wouldn't we but this is a journey of learning who God is and who he wants to be in and through you and I love the book um, the battlefield of the mind by Joyce Meyer because that's where our battle begins so many times in life Things happen, where does your mind go? Does it go to the goodness of God? Or does it go to negativity? With, um, and I shared this with Pastor Becky this morning. With, with my mom living alone, there's concerns for me. And, when, you know, so I call her every day. And we talk, and sometimes I can't get a hold of her. So I call, and I call, and I call. 
I've even sent my oldest son over there because he lives closer, you know. <laughs> but where does my mind go in those situations? Do I trust God that he has my mom in her hands? Or am I allowing the enemy to dictate my thought life? And the other day I was talking to her, and I heard the phone drop. And immediately the devil says, oh, she just had a heart attack. (laughs) Well, that's what the devil does, right? So you know where I went. I went, oh, no. Mm -mm. I'm not receiving that. I know where that thought came from. And I'm like, her phone died. That's all. No biggie. So I stayed on that until she called me back and told me that. (laughs) But where could have my mind went in all that? How many times are your, your own children late? And then you automatically go to the worst. You know, that's the enemy. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to control and dictate our thought life. Because if we have the mind of Christ, he's a good God. He holds us all, doesn't he? He upholds us. You know, Psalms 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He says that I can go to him and he is my shelter. He's my fortress. So why do I worry about the enemy when the the God that created everything lives in me. And he also has my family. His goodness for my family outweighs what I want for them. I think that's pretty amazing. So this morning as I was dwelling on I thought my message was going to be on the power of the tongue. But then he directed me to our thought life. You know, in in, um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, it talks about our war. says, for that we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And you look at the... Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So if you take your thought life and you hold that to that bar, are my thoughts in alignment with him? If they're not, then cast that vain argument down. It's not from him. 
you don't have to receive that thought. Because the enemy, he really wants us to get off into things for no reason. He wants to control our minds. And the Lord says, no, have this mind in you. So why would he say that? Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Well, if you don't know Christ, how do you know what to bring in obedience? So obviously, I have to know him and his word. And that, that's the journey we're all on. You know, he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And over the years, I've seen things happen to people. And I'm like, Lord, why did that happen? And it just wasn't a trial that they walked through. This was, it was something that was allowed because of their own thought process and their own speech. I can bring things on myself by the way I speak. I can make things come into life. Jesus spoke the world into existence. I want to speak life all the time. Now, if I don't, I can repent. I can take that word and put it under the blood, which I've had to do because, you know, James 3 says the tongue is a fire. It's a world of iniquity. Who can tame the tongue? So, obviously, without the Holy Spirit's guidance and leading, I'm going to have a hard time with that. And if I let my emotions come into play also, that even makes it worse. You know, being raised in a religious church, things are taught that aren't true. And one of those things that it, it's been very difficult to break through is that, you know, the word specifically says that sin separates you from God, right? But he says it's a, it's a lifestyle of sin will bring death. I'm not living a lifestyle of sin, right? Neither are any of you because you love God. So when I sin, that does not separate me from God. I just have to repent. And there's all kinds of examples. One being Adam and Eve. The first ones that sinned, did God just cut them off and never talk to them again? No, he went looking for them. Adam, where are you? So why would we think God would be any different to us? The, the good God who loves us and adores us and wants us to become just like him. That's why he created us. We're made in his image. And he desires us to flow just as Jesus did. Jesus came to show us the way. And he said that, Jesus said that I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear him say. And I got a new revelation of the mind of Christ on that because having the mind of Christ there it goes beyond it, it what did Christ do when he came into a situation he would 
speak people's thoughts at times. And I'm like, having the mind of Christ. All right, I'm in a situation and things aren't going like they should for this gentleman. And he's down on himself. And instead of participating on and where he's at in his life, I'm going to have the mind of Christ and I'm going to speak what Christ says about this man. You know, like a prophetic word. What does Christ do? He brings life. He sees things differently than we do. And his goal is to see everybody walking in the fullness of who he created them to be. Now, we may see a different manifestation because they don't know who they are yet. But we can help them with that. We can have the mind of Christ and say, hey, did you know this is who God created you to be? And then speak that life into them. That's having the mind of Christ. To think the thoughts that he thinks for someone. Do I always do that? No. I don't. Sometimes I join in with the, the negativity that they're about. And then it's like, the Lord's like, what are you doing? You know? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit living in us and that we can hear his voice and that he can change our direction. That even though when we step into a situation that we may be going the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit can say, hey, hold up, let's go this way. And then it's up to us to listen and then obey, take that step towards him and what he desires to do. In Psalms 139, 23, I don't even know if I gave you this one, brother. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I like to pray that. Because there's things in me that need to change. You know, as... Does anybody ever run into anxieties that they're dealing with and they don't know why? <laughs> or you've had a week where it just seems like nothing just seems to go right. And you, you, you feel like you're so far away from what God's doing and what he wants to do. But that's just the enemy trying to work on our emotions and our feelings. And I'm, I'm trying to walk by faith in those circumstances. And it's hard when you, you get up in the morning and you seek the face of the Lord. And it just seems like you don't hear. <laughs> Every, anyone have a season like that in their life? Yeah. But you know what? He's an amazing God. He never leaves you or forsakes you. It's like you got to know without a shadow of a doubt, he is there always. 
even though you may, you know, the enemy may be trying to make you feel like he he isn't around. He's always there. That's the knowing part. That faith, that assurance, as Wade was talking about the other day, I love that. That faith being the assurance of knowing. Do I know that God paid the price for me to walk in health, wholeness, to have peace and joy? Yes. Does it, do I always walk in that? No. Sometimes I have to speak it forth, think the right thoughts. Don't let my mind wander because I'm getting anxious or I'm getting angry. Has anybody ever gotten angry? even in my anger you know that's one of the things that I was taught you can't hear from God when you're angry I beg to differ (laughs) I had an experience just three weeks ago which I thought I was the only one that did this but Working on a vehicle. I'm a mechanic, if y'all don't know. I was working on a vehicle in my shop. And I was getting very, very frustrated with putting this uh, power steering pump hose on. They got a real funky design. They don't like to start. So things started moving across my shop. (laughs) And I was a tad angry. And I've been fighting with this hose for, I don't know, 15 minutes. And then I finally said, Lord, I really could use your help. And that hose started, boom, just like that. (laughs) He says, should have asked sooner. (laughs) But what he showed to me in that situation was it doesn't matter what your situation is or what you're going through or how you feel. He's always there. And he's ever present and to help in your situation. The enemy wants to wants you to believe the lie that because I'm mad, he's not going to be there for me. <laughs> no, he's there through every situation. Every situation. Now, he wants us to change. He doesn't want me always getting mad and frustrated, right? He wants me to stay calm and collected and, and just lean on him. You know, but sometimes life um, throws you curves. You know, you're tired, you don't want to do something, and you got to get this done anyways. You know, everybody has life circumstances, but how are we dealing with them? Are we allowing him to help us through those life circumstances? He didn't promise us a bed of roses, did he? Jesus said, I went through trials and tribulations, and so will you. But he'll be there with us through them all. And if we pay attention, we'll learn through them.
I heard this this morning and I thought it was really good. Talked about seven signs of having a transformed mind. One of them is you live in hope. Does everybody live in hope? Or has the enemy tried to steal your hope in an area of your life? So any thought that doesn't inspire hope, you'll know where that came from, right? Because he's the God of hope. I like this one. It says, the impossible seems reasonable. <laughs> We're all in, have been in situations that seemed impossible. But if we believe God, he can change those circumstances. And sometimes he wants to change you in the circumstances. I had to learn that one. That until my heart changes in a situation, he's not going to take me out of it. Because he doesn't care as far as, let me rephrase that, he always cares. But he's using your circumstances to do that work in you. So that the way you react in this situation will be as he would react. Does that make sense? You know, he, I've shared this before about my, my old job. Things changed at my old job, and I would call my dad and say, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm fed up with this. I'm tired of doing this. And he's like, eh, just take a, take a minute and think about it, son. He's like, you can make the situation as good as you want it to be. What? I'm doing all this work all by myself. What are you talking about, you know? And um, I realized that working by myself isn't all that bad because I have the Lord with me. So I'm like, hmm. I'm at this job for 10 hours a day. I'm working on this machine for seven hours. I got seven hours that me and the Lord can work on this machine. So I started changing my mindset to focus on him while I do what I really didn't like to do. And then tried to find joy in it. You know, I won't, I'll spare you the details. <laughs> but some things aren't fun to do. But somebody's got to do it. You ever see the show dirty jobs <laughs> and wonder how them guys can do them dirty jobs you know <laughs> well mine was a dirty job <laughs> but because I allowed the Lord to transform my heart I could still find joy no matter what I was doing and then he says that's eh, time to move on <laughs> so he got me another job and Praise God for that. <laughs> now I'm in a different area and being able to minister to another group of guys, and it's, it's awesome. Um, another one here, live in peace and don't worry. Hmm. 
Living in worry is not good, is it? The peace of the Lord passeth all understanding. It's his peace and his joy that gets us through every situation. I heard this phrase, you, you can't change your life, but if you change your thoughts, God will change your life. See, me of my, of my own ability, I cannot change anything about me. And my wife can attest to that, because I'm sure she can tell you I'm a different person than when we first met. And that transformation came by the Spirit of God. By allowing Him to change my thought life. My thinking has changed. I'm not the angry person I used to be. I've allowed the goodness of God to transform my life. Just as He's doing to each and every one of your lives. Because it's something you want. Right? That's the power of our will. We desire to be like him. And the, the cool thing about it is he gives us that desire. It's not even a desire I came up with. It's just the more I say yes, the more I experience the goodness of who he is, and the more I want him. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. Eric Gilmore has a, a saying that if your public touch doesn't become a private kiss, it'll fade away. And I know that's true because I've, I've seen people go from conference to conference looking for that corporate touch of the Lord, but they don't take it home. If you don't take it home and spend time with the Lord, you're not going to cultivate that intimacy with him. And then you're going to forget about that awesome touch you got last week or last month. And I want that touch every day. <laughs> Doesn't mean I always get it. <laughs> but these corporate gatherings, when you get a room full of people that are hungry for God and worshiping him, that's an amazing touch. He's never disappointed me, ever, in a corporate setting. I've disappointed myself by restraining the, the Lord or not giving him my worship and then wondering why he's not touching me. <laughs> but when I have just closed my eyes and focused on him, See, the words of the songs take on new meaning when you focus on what they're really saying. It used to be I'd just sing a song. You know, you sing a song because that's what we're in worship, right? We're in a, a song service, so we're, we're just singing. But when I focus in on what the words really are mean, it's like, wow. He's the giver of life. Here's 
one of the songs, we stand undefeated when Jesus is here. That's, a, that's one of our songs. He's so amazing. Here's one. You like yourself and you rejoice in your weakness. I was like, man, rejoice in my weakness. Why would I do that? Because the word says where I am weak, he is strong. I can't do anything without him. Sure, there's things that God has allowed us to do because we have abilities. And that's why I believe the church is in the state it's in right now is because we're all trying to do it our way instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to move. When the Holy Spirit moves, he moves things. He's the one that breaks the yoke of bondages, not me. I can share this word. And if I don't know the one who gave this word, you know, like a theologian, has anybody ever run into a theologian who knows the word inside and out but doesn't know him? He'll bombard you with this word. He'll cut you. He'll, he'll cut you down. And it's terrible. That's not God. He says, my word lifts you up. It restores. It brings life. That's who he is. So if you don't like yourself, let's, let's get a transformed mind. There's things I don't like about myself. And I want help with the Holy Spirit to change those things. But I have to acknowledge that. The Holy Spirit will help me through those things. Where I'm weak, he's going to be strong. Here's one I like. You are quick to forgive. anybody have a hard time forgiving? <laughs> well, there's room for transformation, right? The, the great thing of it is, is when we acknowledge these things, God can work on them. If you say you don't, then you're deceived. That's what being deceived is, not knowing. And that's where I go back to, Lord, help me. You know, know my heart, try me, know my anxieties, and see if there be any wicked way in me, because I don't always see the things the enemy has blinded me about. It, religion does that to people. And it's unfortunate, but we've seen a lot in the church 
where religion has distorted the truth. And when you start believing that dis the distorted truth, you can't walk in the freedom that the truth is trying to give. I mean, just like I've heard this so many times, they'll hold the Bible up. This truth sets you free. But they're leaving out some words. It's the truth you know sets you free. You have to know that this truth will set you free. I mean, there's times God will open your eyes to things, and that's awesome. You know, the spirit of truth lives in us. He said that, Jesus said that I go so that the spirit, the Holy Spirit can come and live in you. And he says, you have no need for any man to teach you because the spirit of truth lives in you. I don't have time to be in the word 10 hours a day. So I love it when somebody has a revelation I haven't had, I haven't received yet. And they're sharing that revelation with me. And then I'm like, wow. I didn't know that revelation. And then it, be, it can become mine. Because of the understanding. And then there are times when people are saying some things. And then this, the spirit of truth says, uh, uh, uh. That ain't right. That don't line up with what I say. That's our, the spirit of truth that lives in us. So I'm thankful for different ministers that bring forth the word of God so that I can get a deeper understanding and a greater revelation of what his word says because I, I don't have the full revelation of it all. Only he does. Here's another one. I am confident and thankful. We just went through Thanksgiving, didn't we? Yeah. And we're thankful so for so many things. We heard a lot of testimony this morning. That's kind of neat because I shared some Tuesday night. And um, you probably don't hear this too often. But I had a, a friend of ours that's from the um, Hartford area, young man that I used to minister to in our youth group in Hartford. He got married, and his wife was, had diabetes and thyroid problems and just five other things that, you know, she was dealing with physically. And... The mother shared with me last week that his wife got healed of all those. And the doctor says, well, we can take them off your medical record because you don't have them no more. You know, and, and this is the, the hope that we have in Christ. That if you're battling any of these symptoms, you know, thyroid problems, diabetes, it doesn't matter. God can do all things. You speak to your body and command that stuff to leave. Tell your system to operate as God commanded it to, as he created it. I think that's one of the things that we've missed is the way Jesus did things. He spoke to the problem. He didn't ask. 
He spoke to it. He's given us the same authority. Yet, a lot of that stems with our thought process and our thought life. If we allow the enemy to dictate our thought process, then our words aren't going to line up with the Lord. Here's another good one for a, um, a transform mind. I believe in other people and give them the benefit of the doubt. That's leaning on the mind of Christ, isn't it? Yeah. And then I heard this also. Um, the neurological pathways of our brain, you know, it's like electricity or like running water. Water takes the least path of resistance downhill, right? So our thought process also goes to the least path of resistance. So what we think about the most has the easiest pathway. And I like the this analogy is, here's a forest, right? And you have to cut your way through this forest. So here's what you're doing with a thought process or a thought. You have a thought, now it's cutting through that forest. Now there's a path. So the more that you have this thought, the more you travel that path, the more it opens up, Right? You get that picture? So now, once you've made a, a beaten path, it can become a road. It can be a highway or a freeway. Now, that could be good or bad, depending on your thought process and what you're thinking about. That's why the Lord says that our minds have to be renewed daily, right? We need to renew our minds with the word of God. Our minds have to stay focused on him and what he desires us to think about. I believe that was Romans 12 too. The transform mind. I've been speaking the scripture but not quoting where it's at. And I want to go over to Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died. 
and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I've been taught that was a scripture for the end times. But if you keep going down, you know, when Christ appears, you'll be with him in glory. He wants that for us now. This isn't something in the future. He wants it now. And I can say that with all confidence because if you go down to verse 5, he says, therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. And he goes through this list, fornication, uncleanness, passion. And when there's a therefore, you have to go up to the previous scriptures to get context of what the therefore is there for. <laughs> so the Lord showed me that because I was taught that that scripture was like, oh, when the Lord appears, we're going to be, we're going to be with him in glory. But he already has. He's in us. And he desires us to walk in the glory of his presence continually. So he says, you know, look at these things that are above. He says that we can come boldly to the throne of God. And I sure just, I think Tuesday night, it's like, why don't we take a trip on into heaven and, and let's hear what heaven's saying. And then bring it back to earth and speak what heaven is saying. That's bringing heaven to earth, isn't it? We can speak life right here. So I want, I want to encourage you all this morning that there's so much God desires to do in and through us. And the enemy is trying to hold you down. With his negativity, saying, oh, well, you're not good enough. You can't do this. <laughs> you know, Pastor Becky was just sharing a simple word to a lady or her receiving a simple word. They didn't know what they were saying, but it meant a lot to her. And that's where we have to have his mindset. Yeah, all right, Tim. Been battling. Let us have the mind of Christ. Let's change our thought process. Let's not allow negativity to come into our minds anymore. No more worry. Let's live the transformed life. Tim, you want to come sit on the front for me, please? Seeing the enemy was messing with Tim during the service. So we're going to pray for him.
Would that be all right? And if anyone else needs prayer for anything, please come on up. We'll, we'd be happy to pray for you. The Lord ministers through his people. You know, the, it says by the laying on of hands, there's a transformation of Christ in me to Christ in you. And it's not just for me. It's for everybody. Just as Pastor Recky said, that the ministry from this pulpit is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. You are the saints. I'm a saint. I just happen to be holding this this morning. So please, do the work of the ministry that God's called you to do. Heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. That's who we are. We're his children. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.